If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. John, chapter 8, excuse me, verses 1 through 11. I love hearing the pages turn. I know we have it on the screen, but thank you for bringing the book. It's important to bring the book, the Bible, to the house of God. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again unto the temple, and all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that he might have to uh, they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted himself up and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they who heard it, being convicted by their their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus left, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And Jesus, when Jesus had lifted himself up, he saw no one but the woman. He said unto her, Woman, Where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and cleanse my heart. Lord, I don't understand why the devil is so powerful, why he has that kind of power to cause us to sin. Lord, I pray that you'd forgive us of our sins and help us to concentrate on our own lives and not somebody else's. That we would stay uh, in line with you, that we would uh, consecrate our lives to you and our souls to you and, and that we'd be your voice and your feet and your hands and your eyes and your ears and your tongue. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you speak to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. Uh, we have the scribes again and the Pharisees and they thinking, well, uh, we're going to take this woman. We're going to find Jesus and we're going to set her in the middle and we're going to tell him, hey, our law says she ought to die. What do you say? They again, they was trying to hem him up into something that they could accuse him of doing. Um, you know, they thought they were smart. They, they probably laid it out. They probably planned it. And um, the Bible is, you know, I've read and I've read and I've thought and I've thought and, you know, nothing's come. I wonder what he wrote when he stooped down on the ground. I wonder uh, what he wrote. Um, being pressed for an answer, what do you say, Lord? Our, our law says you ought to die. What do you say? You notice he didn't say a word. He stooped down on the ground again and wrote. Um, 
Verse 7 says, so when they continued to ask him, he lifted himself up, said unto them, if you're without sin, you go ahead and cast the first stone at her. You know, conviction is powerful. Conviction will lead us to confess. Confession will lead us to cleansing. Cleansing will lead us to comfort in the Lord Jesus Christ. To know that our sins are forgiven. I just want to simply share two little simple things. Advantages of repentance. I've heard people say, well, the Lord, he he won't forgive me. You just don't know what I've done, preacher. I said, well, it don't make no difference what you've done. God is a loving God. God is a jealous God. He wants to be first. And so he, he, he convicts us through the Holy Spirit of God that we would confess our sins, that we would repent of our sins and turn and go the other way. And when I think about that, I think about it as far as the law goes here. Now we look at verses, verse four says, and they say unto him, Master, the woman was taken in adultery in the very act, and Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. In other words, Lord, we, we're trying to go by the law here. Uh, you know, and the best they could do, if they were gonna go by the law, they were already stumbling they were already confused, the Pharisees and, 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 and this group. I mean, you know, they think, well, hey, we're scribes. We, we know what we're talking about, and uh, our law says she ought to die. You know, can you put your feet in the woman's shoes for a moment? Here she is, publicly drug out of some house, some bedroom, And there she stands before the king of kings. Our law says she ought to die. I wonder if those old boys had rocks in their hands already. Which brings me to a question, do I? Do you have rocks in your hands? Ready to throw at someone because you know what sin they're involved in? You know, if conviction is strong enough, we will release those rocks. And you know what? They'll fall on our own feet. I stand before you condemned, okay? I'm a sinner. The Bible says I'm a sinner. The Bible says if I say I'm not a sinner, that I make God, my heavenly Father, out to be a liar. It says that the truth is not in me. The truth is Jesus. Now, when I think about the law, as far as the law goes, uh, she was a sinner. Uh, There was no denying it. I mean, uh, the Bible says that the men says we caught her in the very act. The law, you see, condemned her to be stoned to death. And that goes all the way back to the book of Leviticus, chapter 20, verse 10. Now, here is just the woman. But Leviticus chapter 20 verse 10 says the adulterer and the adulteress both should be stoned to death. 
And that's one of the things Jesus said, hey, if you have not sinned, then you go ahead and cast the first stone. You know, I don't know all the background of this story. I have no idea. But I would speculate that probably every one of those men who stood there had been with her. And somebody got jealous. Somebody began to talk. And so they went and they dragged her out of the house. And they forced her to come before the king of kings and saying, our law, our law, says she ought to die. Well, you know, it's not just the woman here. It's the men also. It takes two, you know. Male and female, you know, not two males and not two females. You understand? I'm sick of the mess. Some of you were on the trip to New York. We were on the subway. Two queers came in. They sat down with each other and they began to love on one another. My nerves was tore. I wanted to come up off the... We had Jeff Underwood there. We had the law with us. And one of these queers, now this is what he did. He says, he does just like this right here. You get, you understand? Just a smart, you know what? There's no sense in that. Okay? The law says they ought to die. They ought to die. Well, what's the advantage of repentance here if it's not serious, if it's not meaningful? You know, she did not come to Jesus on her own. She was drugged in there. She was forced. She was made to come before the king of kings. You know, it's a mystery. Verse 6, the second part. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Or is it this? He ignored them. Well, Lord, can't you just hear that bunch of men? I don't know how many there were. I don't have a clue. But I have been around a bunch of men when everybody's talking at the same time. I've been around a bunch of women when they're all taking it, talking at the same time. And you can't keep up with who's saying what. And on and on it goes. And they're just jabbering away. And Jesus is sitting on the ground writing as if he don't hear a word they're saying. I imagine they probably would say, hey, he's ignoring us. Oh, gosh, look at him. What's he doing? He's ignoring us. Well, uh, you know, Jesus knew, hey, he knew their heart, okay? He knew their thoughts. And it brings us to a revelation there in verse 7. It says, so when they continued asking him, he lifted himself up and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. In other words, go ahead, boys. You got her right here. You know she's guilty. You said you caught her in the very act. So go ahead and throw the stone and let's get on with what you come to do. You're talking a killing here, okay? You're talking a, an unmerciful death. But just go ahead, he says, and, and do it. You see, Jesus, I believe he looked at them old boys in the eye. 
You know, when I'm talking to somebody, I want to look them in the eye, and I want them looking me back in the eye. Man told me one time, he said, you can tell if they're lying, just look in their eyes. Well, you can probably if they look at you. <laughs> but a lot of times, folk who's lying, they're not going to look at you. They're going to be looking all over the place, and they're going to be nervous. You see, he could, Jesus could see their secret sins of unbelief. He could see their secret sins of jealousy. Because that's probably one of them, or all of them was jealous because one of them had done been caught. Done been caught. It was a sin of crookedness also. Their sin was, was uh, as bad as a woman's. As bad as a woman's. In his eyes, they were sinners. In their thought and in their deed, okay? The Bible says, if I look on a woman and lust after her in my heart, I have committed adultery. Hello? I think about David and Bathsheba. David looked. She was a beautiful woman, and on top of that, she was naked. She was something to look at. Okay, what's, what's, what's looking? Nothing wrong with looking, but he began to lust in his heart, and so he inquired of her as to who that was, and then he went a step further with his sin. He said, have her brought to me. He went a step further. He had sex with her, and then she sent word that she was with child. And then, because of sin, he began to do more sin. He had her husband brought home. He got her husband drunk and then had him killed. I'm talking about, the Bible says, a man after God's own heart. Listen, it don't matter if you're saved, been saved 50 or 70 or 90 or 100 years. The devil can attack you and cause you and I to sin. Sin's a powerful thing. I mean, this woman, that was probably her way of making a living, okay? Just say it like it is. That was probably her way of making a living. And I'm satisfied that these old boys, just looking at the story, every one of them had been with them one time or the other. You see, it's not the low life that's always out there committing adultery. It's the high life guys also. It's the doctors and the lawyers and the preachers. Okay? Conviction, verse 9, the first part, and they who heard it began being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest unto the last. And Jesus was left alone in the, uh, and the woman standing uh, in the midst. You see, there has to be an executioner that has the right to condemn this woman. An executioner. Okay? Verse 8 says, and again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Again, my you know, what, it was, what did he write, you reckon? I've heard, well, he probably wrote their names down. Because it said they began to walk away from the oldest down to the youngest. Man, I don't want my name called out. I'm out of here. Or he could have been writing down the sins that they uh, had committed in their own lives because he knows everything. Names, 
Well, verse 9, the second part right down there says, uh, Jesus was left alone with her and the woman. You know what I thought about? I thought about the Samaritan woman. You know, he was, as far as the world was concerned and the law was concerned, he was out of order, okay? He was there with a woman publicly, okay? Here he is again with a woman publicly. You remember the, <coughs> excuse me, the Pharisees and all that uh, messed up crowd when they tried to pin him down for all manner of things, anything that could, to, to condemn our Lord. But our Lord, listen, he didn't come to condemn. He come to save. I mean, my goodness, you know, they, they missed the whole thing. Verse 11, excuse me, verse 10 uh, is, uh, and when Jesus lifted himself up, he saw uh, no one except a woman. He's looking around. Saw no one except the woman. Well, not only as far as law goes, but what about grace? That's the second thing here. As far as grace goes, where does grace come in? Hey, it's for we are saved by grace, okay? It's grace that passeth all understanding of our God. You know, he's the one that forgives. He's the one that can save. He's the one that stoops down on the ground and writes your name and my name and or our sins. But thank God, while he's down there writing and we're saved, he has to take his hand and wipe it all out and clean it up as if no one, no names are written down. Condemned. Well, verse 11 he said unto her, Woman, where are those accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? They brought you here. They said you caught you in the very act. Where, where are they now? She said with a capital N, No man. Lord, no man. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee with a semicolon. Neither do I condemn thee. Well, she might have thought to herself, man, that's unusual. All these men have accused me and here I stand before the king of kings and he's not accusing me. He's not condemning me. And then he simply says, go, sin no more. Now, we don't know what she did from there on. We do know this, she was forgiven of her sins, okay? She was forgiven. You know, I wonder where her eyes and her face was as she stood in the midst and, and the men around and here stands Jesus and he's on the ground writing. I wonder if she had her head up or her head bowed, her eyes closed, or was she watching what he was writing? I imagine for sure she had cold chills all over her as she stood there before the king of kings, knowing, hey, according to the law, I'm fixing to die. I'm gonna be stoned to death by this crowd. But Jesus said, hey, neither do I condemn thee. Salvation came uh, to her when he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now listen, I know and you know our lives are without sin. So he couldn't have said, well, you go 
and I know you're probably going to fall back into what you did. Maybe, hopefully you won't. No, he didn't say, he said, go and sin no more. No more. We don't have a choice in this. No more, okay? And the best we can do, y'all, listen, there are people that stand before us and around us with rocks in their hand because they want to condemn us for what we're doing when they need to turn the rocks loose and let them fall on their own feet because, hey, why should I try to get a splinter out of your eye when I got a beam in mine and I can't see beyond this right here? Let me tell you something. I stand before God a sinner, a saved sinner, because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. That's where she was headed. She was, she was fixing to pay the ultimate price for her sin of death. But Jesus, for you and me, has paid that ultimate price of, of, of our sins by death on the cross. You know, the, the, this Bible lesson uh, gives us another chance. It also gives us another challenge. It gave the woman another chance to live right, okay? It gave her a challenge to go get a regular job. And it also gave her courage. You know, the chances are out there, guys. We need to take the best chance. Take the challenge that's before us and do it with courage. God says, hey, I want to help you. I want to help you meet your goal. And may that goal be to put Jesus first in whatever we're doing. And, and that causes us uh, to, let me just tell you the way you come. We come like the woman come. Come as you are. Come as you are. Come like the woman come. Not afraid. I'm sure she was, but she stood before the king of kings, and I'm satisfied she'd heard him say, hey, come. Come. Come and leave your burdens with Jesus. You know, all the men had, had dropped their rocks. They had turned and they left. And Jesus said, I don't see anybody, woman. Where, where, where are these folk? Lord, I don't see them either. I, I don't see them either, Lord. I only see you. He said, I'm here to take all those sins away. Take your burdens away. Come and leave your burdens with Jesus. And then come and receive forgiveness. You know, that's real life, y'all. The law is clear cut. In Ezekiel 18, 4 says, the soul that sinneth it shall die. And let me tell you, the reason we die is because of sin. Okay? Adam and Eve committed sin, and the Bible says that death started. Death started when they committed that sin. They too begin to die. Let me tell you something. We weren't born to live physically forever. We were born to die physically and live forever spiritually. Um, you know, the only one qualified to execute judgment here was Jesus, and he said, I don't condemn thee. 
I, I just I want to forgive you. I want you to go and sin no more. I want you to live for me. And every man that approaches you, you share with them the story that you had with me on this day that I did not condemn you either. You know, the thing about what I tried to do, and I, I'm witness to a lost person, and they, they say, Preacher, you don't know how bad I have been. I said, well, let me tell you, you don't know how bad I've been, and, and God forgave me, and he can forgive you. You know, the problem with people today, seriously, they won't forgive themselves. God said, I forgive you. I forgive you. I don't remember those sins anymore. We must forgive ourselves. Listen, you want to grow more spiritually? You want to be drawn closer to God? You got to get in this right here. I mean, every day, not just on Sunday, but every day, every morning, we start our life, our, our day out by reading God's word. Every day, not just some days, or if I have time, or if I think about it, it is a, it is a everyday common thing that I sit where my mama sits. I sit in her rocker every morning. I think about my mama. Where would I be if it hadn't been the prayers of my mama? I used to call her on my birthday. I'd try to call her early because I didn't want her calling me. I'd call her early. She'd answer the phone. I'd say, happy birthday, mama. She said, it's your birthday. I said, I know it, and I thank you for giving me birth. She could have had an abortion in Portland, Oregon. But she chose to go through agony all the way across the United States of America in a 28A model Ford. I'm thankful that my mama gave me birth. But I'm more thankful that Jesus gave me a rebirth Gave me another chance. Gave me another challenge. Gave me courage to keep on going for him. Father, I thank you and I praise you uh, for your holy word. Lord, all of us, all of us are sinners. We, we stand condemned before you, Lord, but thank God for your love, for your grace and your mercy. You did not condemn the woman. You forgave her of her sins, Lord, and that's all you want to do today is forgive us of our sins. I pray that you'd speak to our people today. Lord, all of us, the altar is open. I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would convict us, that we would run to this altar and get on our knees and ask you to forgive us and to cleanse us us and to comfort us and to go and tell somebody about it. I can't imagine what this woman may have told when she left Jesus, but she had had a wonderful experience with him. Lord, I pray for any in this auditorium today that might be lost. Oh God, I pray that you'd convict them, that you'd touch them, that you'd lead them just to come and say, hey, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. All I know is I want to be saved. Lord, convict us. Stay in behind us, Lord, till we, till we confess and ask for forgiveness and repent. In Jesus' name, amen.